Welcome back, peeps, to Perfect.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Now with your amazing hosts, Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode is sponsored by Builder.io, visually build on your tech stack. Welcome back, peeps, to Perfect.dev. We have a great crew here today talking about Party Town and web workers and how it fits in with uh, Next.js later on. And we have two special guests with us today. Uh, do you guys mind introducing yourselves so I don't completely botch the intro, Hussein? Do you mind going first? Sure, yeah. Um, my name is Hussein Jurday. I am a software engineer in Google. I work on Google Chrome, and I work on a very small team called Aurora, where we try to improve the web framework and open source ecosystem by actually collaborating with framework authors and developers. Nice. Thank That's you. really cool. And I'm Adam Bradley. Um, Director of Technology at uh, Builder.io, uh, working on Quick and Partytown, and formerly worked at uh, Ionic and Stencil.js. Awesome. Thanks Thanks for coming on again and uh, talking all about Partytown. So Adam is kind of the initiator, if you will, of Partytown. How, how much of this thing did you actually write? Was it before you even joined Builder? Uh, well, the idea certainly was around for, for a while. That's um, bothered me because I mean the the classic story is like you get your website to be a hundred out of hundred, you put a lot of effort into it, and then once the real world hits and all sorts of analytics and A/B testing and all sorts of scripts get added to it, you're now your performance is destroyed. And so it's something that's always bothered me is like again like how much effort I put into something making it fast, and then other things slow it down, and and there's no control of that. And so the idea has always been like why can't we just put this stuff into a different thread? You know, the stuff, because it really is a lot of like analytics is like asynchronous, meaning it doesn't need to be blocking. It doesn't need to slow your site. It really can be like, all right, an event fired. Let's fire that off in an, a different thread and let it take its time. You know, so that's the whole like kind of where the source of this happened. So a lot of people out there are, are from our audience, at least are front end developers, and they often don't get into like the nitty gritty nuts and bolts of how a lot of this works. So. I want to show kind of a, a blog that we're actually working on at Builder just to show off some of the pictures of, of kind of how Party Town's functioning. But I'd love to break down like what the heck is a web worker and how are we like getting this magic to start to occur? So let me pop that open real quick. So this is kind of an illustration um, Steve created that has both and hopefully you guys can see that. Okay, let me let me bump it up a little more maybe. I guess that's as, as big as it's going. <laughs> so on the uh, the left side here in the blue, it has kind of like the, the main thread of things. And that's your code that you write, whether it's in React or just JavaScript, whatever that piece is, that's your code that's going on. In the uh, reddish color here, that's the third party scripts going through. And you'll notice in, the, in that funnel that like all of that happens, has to happen at the same time. Can you guys uh, maybe who's saying this is this is for you coming out of the Chrome team? Like, why does that all process on one thread on JavaScript? How does that work? Yeah, that's just the way JavaScript generally is, right? It's single threaded. Um, and when you think in the context of web pages, like even Adam mentioned, it becomes a big issue when you have your first party code that's responsible for either hydrating your page or showing content on the page, actually competing with things that's coming from a separate origin that might not be as important, right? Um, so I think the thing about using web workers for this kind of logic, a lot of people have worked on it before, um, 
but no one, in my knowledge, has done anything that actually allows you to use a worker, but also access browser APIs. And I think that's the big differentiator here. And when Party Town came in, it's like, wow, maybe this is now a possibility. And there's there's a little bit of magic that had to occur there. Like I I think people have used service workers and web workers, but it, there was always this assumption that that kind of had to take off out of the main thread and you couldn't talk with the UI. So why would I use this thing, right? Like I'm a front end developer, this doesn't make sense. But on the right side of this picture, what we're kind of showing here is that it allows uh, the, the main thread, your code and the blue to go one path. And then like the rest of that third party, so Google Analytics, um, you name it, whatever third party thing you're loading up to run on a different thread. But the crazy part is often you have to like talk back to that item. So even though we split that off to a web worker, how does how does that actually break down, Adam, where we're able to say, okay, we've loaded this thing, but now I need to send events to it for like Google Analytics. How's that? Sure. Yeah. And like uh, web workers have been around for, you know, over a decade. They've been um you've been able to use them. And so it's not exactly a new idea. There's plenty of blog posts talking about how you should be running your CPU intensive tasks inside of a web worker. Um, and there's lots of good cases of that. But the challenge has always been like something like Google Analytics is at some point it references document.cookie or document.title. Um, and it, and, you know, so imagine the code written for that. It, it's going to expect the blocking response immediately. It's not going to, it's not a callback. It's not a promise. You know, there's no async await of document.cookie. It's like it's expecting it, um, you know, in a synchronous callback after that. Um, and so then when you put things into a web worker, um, there's always a asynchronous uh, moment in between communicating between the main thread and the web worker. And so that's always been the blocking thing here. It's like, um, I don't have control of everyone's third party scripts. They're writing their code as if it's on the main thread. And because we don't have control of that, then basically you can't run the script inside of a web worker. Um, so really... The, the magic that, and, and uh, I guess hack, trick, you know, what you want to call it, um, what's really happening is that there is a cool thing that, that a web worker can do is that it can be blocking. You can tell it to stop for a moment, wait for this task to finish, and then continue. And that trick is uh, import scripts or uh, a synchronous XHR request which is um, some people point out like that's deprecated inside of the main thread. And that's for good reason. Like you don't want your main thread to be able to be blocked by synchronous requests, you know, just HTTP requests. But on the web worker, that's a huge part of why, how web workers work, especially import scripts. Um, they want to be able to block and, you know, uh, let things run beyond that. So a lot of like, think of code sandbox or stack blitz or um, any sort of code that has a lot of stuff happening into a web worker they want that blocking. And so that's a feature really of, of a web worker. So, um, so really the, the question got going is like, all right, if I want to run Google analytics inside of a web worker at some point, it's going to do, you know, element .get attribute set attribute document cookie, something is going to be blocking. And so when that happens, what's, what's actually happening is that we're able to fire an asynchronous XHR request so that we can tell the web workers like, just chill out. Let's get this information first, and then you can continue. Um, and so in that synchronous XHR request, it talks to actually our service worker. The service worker is the layer that's able to translate this synchronous request into an asynchronous request. And so the service worker can then, um, and please stop me at any time, because I can go on and on. I, I was thinking like below this, I have them kind of broke down, and maybe we can just like 
get into them a little bit. Go go through the rest and then we'll kind of dive in. So the service worker, which is actually just another web worker, is just a more uh, restricted web worker. Um, that's able to do the post message to the main thread. That's able to, all right, I'm looking for document.cookie. Let's get that value. It gets that value, goes back to the service worker. The service worker then responds to the um, XHR request with the data. And so you'll notice that like this isn't going to be any more efficient or any faster than if you just did document.cookie on the main thread. But that's not the point. Like the point is that um, your first part code, your React code, your Angular code, all that code needs to run as fast as possible because that's your app. That needs that should have high priority on the main thread. All this other stuff needs to kind of be thrown into a different thread. And if it takes a millisecond longer than it should have, that's fine because it really is like third-party code that can be asynchronous. Nice. Yeah. How the heck did you like put all this together? It, it just baffles me. Like, yes, all these things existed, but did you just really like hate a page score that you're getting and you're like this has to improve somehow yeah there was a there's a lot of like for every one thing that you see working there's about a thousand things that didn't work <laughs> so there's there's a lot of stuff that that did not work um and i will say like the service worker trick and the xhr the synchronous xhr trick i would like to see that as you know today's trick but really the the future way that does work is atomics and so atomics you are able to tell uh, a thread to just like chill out let me go get some information when i get the information let's continue and so that's really that api is exactly what we needed the problem is that is you can't really just enable it in on the everyday website right now without other things breaking and, and that's a whole nother um there's plenty of documentation that of like why that is um so i would like to see you know in the future we can get more to using the atomics way which is actually a smaller build it's uh, 10 times faster and it's, it's built for, it's, it's doing exactly what we need it to, to use it for. So just want to point that out. Is, is Atomics, I was trying to bring it up here. Yeah. Uh, the support for Atomics, it, it looks like it's in all the browsers. There's just some minor issues. It sounds like that yeah. are still being worked out. Yeah, no, that they, it's actually supported and it, it was so most of the browsers supported up until 2018 or 19. And then there is a security vulnerability. Uh, what was it called? Spectre. Oh, yeah, the big one. Okay. And and that one actually made the browsers all disable it because um, I guess the timing attacks going to happen, things like that. And so then now they are all enabled again, but you need to have a certain HTTP header to enable it, which is great. All right. Mm-hmm. So just have that HTTP enable, uh, enable it. But then once you do that, then a lot of your like cross-origin requests are going to stop working. And so for your everyday e-commerce site or pretty much every e-commerce site that's going to break something. And so it's not something you can just uh, flip the switch and it's going to magically work. Um, you'd have to kind of start your website with Atomics and then adjust it as it goes. But like you couldn't go to, you know, amazon.com homepage and turn on Atomics to get everything to work. <laughs> nice. Um, we're going we're gonna to take a quick pause and, and do our advertisement. When we come back, I want to just show off some demos of like Party Town working and, and things like that. So we'll get into it. Today's podcast is brought to you by Builder.io, visually building the web. Builder.io has one of the most powerful visual editors in the industry. Unlike other tools, Builder actually produces the code for you. You don't have to completely switch out your framework either. Just use one of the handy SDKs that are available. There's no limits to what you can build. Instead of limiting your marketing team, start to optimize and let them do the work. This will allow your web developers to get back to the hard work that it takes for other components. 
allowing your team to do A-B testing and personalization. Stop worrying about bugs in production. Just use the site as it is. Then you can analyze and start converting all of your customers with Builder's built-in heat maps. Stop limiting your growth with developers' long lead times. Start building, optimizing, analyzing, and start growing faster. Don't take my word for it. You can sign up for free today and start building the web visually with Builder.io. We have this whole new marketing thing. I'm going to have to redo that whole advertisement soon. It's, it's going to be crazy. Oh, it's such a good ad. I love it. I know. Like our whole UI has changed. Like it's, it's getting a little dated. It's only been probably three months, four months. So good times. Um, so the first thing I want to show off, we, we keep talking about like uh, performance hits and Party Town can improve it. I really want to show like what this actually means first, and then we can dive into like how to actually implement it, I think. And at any point, stop me. You guys are the experts. I've just been messing around with it a little bit. Yeah. And I, I, I just hit me that like I went deep fast, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. of what, how That's it works okay. that. But like we really haven't talked about kind of like the benefits of it. You know? Yeah. We're, we're going to rewind back into that a little bit yeah. and then we'll kind of go back forward again. So this page, let me see if I can make that a little. There we go. Um, so Builder.io has this page out here. It's at slash C slash performance. And we will um, put the link in the, in the description as we get done here. Um, this page actually, I took and ran Nike.com on it. And you, you can pick any site. I just picked this one because I was checking out shoes earlier. Um, and what it has right here is the current score on the speed side of things. And when we break that down, we actually show like if you were to use Party Town, I don't know if this does quick. I can't remember, Adam. It's been a minute. Uh, I don't know if it does or not, but this is the kind of improvement you can start to get when you start pulling out third party scripts. Um, and so there's there's opportunities in here like Party Town that you can go out and check out and just see in there. Adam also built a tool if I can find it. There we go. So you can find this tool on our Party Town docs and it's under tests. And you can come out to this service benchmark. So I'm gonna go ahead and do just like, here's Google Tag Manager standard. I think that's how you run this, right? So that's just Google Analytics, right? Yeah, so that would be everything else is excluded except Google Tag Manager. Okay, so we're just gonna fire up Google Tag Manager and run PageSpeed Analytics. So this is with, yeah. So this is a, as as simple of a website web page as possible. The only thing on it is Google Analytics, the standard way. Hussein, are you part of the team that's uh, building this as well? I am not. Okay, really closely with them. Cool. Um, so it looks like this ran awesome. So, <laughs> and, and this is, this is part of the problem is like, if you have a simple web page that does nothing and you add Google analytics, like there's, there's no problem. Like, like there's no performance mm -hmm. issue at all. The issue is as you start to compile them all together, you know, so like, I'm sure the Google engineers were able to make Google their tag manager as fast as possible. But when everybody is doing that and everybody is being added to the main thread, that's where the problem happens. So I'm going to run another one with that, that in mind, kind of just adding all of the different third-party services that we have out here. It'll be fun to add some more on here. I keep forgetting we should add like YouTube and stuff like that. 
So now we're getting a score of 78. And this is this is probably pretty typical because we've kind of mashed on that main thread as all of those third-party scripts took off. And we're back to that that funnel that has that all those yeah. dots coming through it. And remember, this is a, a web page that does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and you're already at 78. Like you haven't done any of your own code. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, and so then we dive in. And again, same page, doing nothing, but we only move. There we go. We only move um, all those scripts to Party Town to start, and that's it. And again, this is all just trying to highlight the fact of like what what getting off the main thread looks like. So as you can see, our performance score went immediately back up to 100 because the main thread really has nothing to do. Nice. It's, it's got nothing loading versus 78. It's still the main thread didn't have a whole lot of work to do, but all these third-party scripts were jammed on it. So and that's a different six listed there. I mean, that's even generous. I mean, if you think of a, a typical um, yeah. e-commerce site, you know that that makes you know, and and I'm not you know dogging everyone that that puts you know analytics and stuff on there. There's a great business reasons to do that. You know, there, there's absolutely reasons to have analytics. You know, and quite a bit of them on your site. But yeah, like a. A practical one's going to you know have twenty some, and that's going to make a big dent into your performance, which then can make a big dent into conversion rates and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. We break that down with a new blog that's coming out soon, um, kind of conversion rates and what cost that will add up to, and, and things like that. But even on Builder IO, like we are trying to use the best practices with Party Town and everything else, but we're still loading up Google Analytics, Amplify. Uh, what else do we have on there? We have um hubspot kind of floating around somewhere in there and then we I have was, i thought it was funny that? even the Python site has analytics <laughs> added to it <laughs> just yeah. like to make sure like someone you know it was added to it and like oh yeah i gotta put this through party town <laughs> yeah exactly and then what's the what's the little helper thing that people always use you click the button and it kind of pops up somebody oh, talks intercom? to you what is it intercom 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 i feel like just kills a site yes. So that's a really big one. That's really easy to send. Well, Twitter in bed blows my mind. That's like three megabytes for a tweet. I mean, it's oh my gosh. And there's like three or four different iframes that get loaded. And yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. So simple things like that that you think are just cool. And this, I feel like this drives back to like all those WordPress sites that get such a bad rap. It's because you're using all these third party things that are loading yeah. stuff constantly. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to bring up. Yeah. That's a whole yeah. other topic. I won't go into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to also bring up just kind of how to get started with this. Um, and Adam, you can kind of steer this if you want and then we'll kind of get all the way to the the next implement implementation of this hopefully yeah like so here um the the part that says script the type text slash python um that's perfectly a standards way of basically saying like um don't run the javascript you know this what we're saying is like if you have um type java you know text slash JavaScript, then it knows like the browser knows like I need to execute this immediately. Or if there's no type at all, that's the standards way of saying like, this is just a script execute it, or type equals module. That's going to be the ESM way of running the JavaScript. In this case, we're basically making it a um, inert div. I mean, basically it's like, it's an element with 
words inside of it, but the browser doesn't actually execute it. And that's kind of the, the big thing is that um, this makes it easy for you to take your existing site that has a script tag added somehow, some way, and just add this type attribute to it to basically tell the, the main thread, um, here's the stuff that I wanted to run, but don't actually run it. And we'll let Parrytown kick in and run it on the main thread. And so um, I think what was important is I didn't want to have like a webpack loader or, you know, roll up plugin, like have all this sort of build process into your um, application uh, of how you, how we want to disable the scripts, but rather basically however you're doing it today, just add this attribute to kind of disable it, whether you're using WordPress or, you know, Drupal, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be like a Node.js only thing. So I think we we kind of walked through each step, but I think it's kind of important to just clarify on this one or on all of these. So when we talk about like running in the worker versus the main thread, can you just kind of talk through when we when we show something like this, whereas like window.location href, how is that actually functioning? Like if a third party uh, service is trying to access something like a window, how does that work? Yeah, so so one thing, so if you think of like JS DOM, you know, in the Node.js community, it's like Node doesn't know about all the browser APIs. And so JS DOM was created to do that. And JS DOM is, you know, at least a megabyte of JavaScript to try to replicate how the browser works. And so immediately you think like, well, we got to do the same thing. But then like once you have a megabyte of JavaScript, you've completely defeated the purpose of right. what you're trying to do. And so, um, so instead what's being built in the web worker is just a really fancy proxy of just like anytime you reference window that something like, let's go get it. Let's just like, Oh, I need, I don't know what window that location that href is like, it just collects up. Like these are the, the, the words I want. Let's go over to the main thread and run the same thing over there and get its response. And so like the, the whole idea is that the, the worker thread, doesn't really implement the DOM. It rather just like forwards things over to the to the real DOM to get the information. It just knows how to, you know, basically make a good proxy. It's almost like a request, an async request that waits on the basically. Return. Yeah. Yeah. Like um and so in this case, like window.location, it's a it's a getter. And so a getter needs to be blocking. Um mm -hmm. and so then one trick that we also do is that any sort of setter or like set attribute, something like that that actually doesn't need to be blocking. So we can queue them all up. And so like, let's say you have, you know, uh, add classless, you know, uh, style.color equals red. You know, you do all sorts of uh, set attributes. You can queue them all up. And then the moment you do a getter is when you kind of move them all and you batch it all in one go. And so that's one way that we kind of help the performance because it, it can like, especially for UI updates like intercom, is, is doing a lot of UI things. And so we want to be able to uh, batch as many as possible um, so that there's, you know, not really flickering happening. So that's one way that we do that is that, you know, setters were able to batch up and getter is, is has to be like the synchronous call. That totally makes sense. It's, it's kind of hard to wrap your brain around it at first, but I like talking through it that way. It totally makes sense. It's amazing that you don't have to change any code that was already written to do this too. That's, that's the part that really blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the, I think number one requirement, because if we could just call up Google analytics and say like, Hey, you guys should start doing things with async or right. async await, you know, then this wouldn't be needed at all really. And, and we could run things um, 
But the reality is there's millions of different services that will never be able to change your 500 kilobytes of code. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so I think we kind of broke down like how the synchronous XHR works. Um, yeah, so I think we have the gist of like all of the different points that we've worked through, even though like this is way more complicated. And please, folks, go out to uh, partytown.builder.io and it's got all the docs you could ever imagine. We're just trying to kind of highlight how this thing works because talking through it, I feel like helps a lot and explains the story of like why Adam wrote this thing and we've kind of pushed it forward so much. Um, Hussein, I wanna, I wanna kind of pick on you for a little bit now. Uh, you started, I think you started, yeah. You started the RFC over on Next.js world. What, what prompted this to like, kind of hit your brain as, oh, we, we could use this on a large package like Next.js. Yeah, um, and just to give some context here, so we've been working with a lot of frameworks, including Next.js, just trying to improve a lot of what developers generally do, right? Like most people using frameworks like Next.js, they wanna build their applications as fast as possible, but many are not too focused on trying to improve, you know, performance characteristics of certain pages, certain routes, so I've been thinking of ways to do that and make the developer experience as easy as possible. Um, Ralph, another engineer on our team, came up with the idea of a script component. And the idea is for developers that want to include third-party scripts into the next Next.js application, what if there was a script API that they can import, you know, very similar in the sense that they can have their source URL as a prop, but they can also now specify a bit easier where they want it to load. Do they want the script to load before the page becomes interactive, after the page becomes interactive, lazily during browser idle time? So think of it as script async defer, but you know, essentially on steroids. And again, the developer wouldn't have to do too much. Um, it should be very easy for them. So while we were doing that, we also had the idea of how nice could it be, um, and this is before I think PartyTown even launched, how nice could it be if something like the script components could even offload scripts to a worker. Um, and while we were having a discussion, that's when I think the very first alpha version of PartyTown dropped. <laughs> it was like sort Good of time. a light bulb moment. Yeah, definitely a great time. Because um, it, it did a lot that we were already thinking of, right? Like it, it did a lot of the ideas of how can we make synchronous and async operations work? How can we access browser APIs? Um, so it felt sort of like a no-brainer to actually try and test it out. But we also wanted to, again, to make the process as seamless as possible because Technically, Next.js developers can use PartyTown on their own, right? They can install the library themselves. They can look into the docs um, and figure out how to actually use the right attributes. But we've also noticed that if we don't really give the developers the easiest tools to begin with, many are not even going to go through that step. Um, so we've just very recently integrated PartyTown in the script component, specified it as a new strategy. Right now, it's just called Worker. Um, and the idea is now if you do this for any script, it'll automatically do so. And if the developer actually tries using it for the very first time, there'll be a very nice console warning that says, hey, you don't have Builder.io PartyTown installed. Maybe you should install it first. So it's just making that developer experience a lot better. Um, so it's still experimental. It's was still it, yeah. was, was your RFC before PartyTown or was it? It was actually right when PartyTown, right after PartyTown came out. So I wrote the RFC okay. after the part. So I wrote it as a doc before PartyTown dropped. Um, but then once it actually dropped, I had, Updated it. I was like, it makes more sense to just use PartyTown right now. And then I posted it on GitHub as a discussion. Got a lot of good attention. I think a lot of developers in the community were like, this is super cool. I'd love to see if this is baked in as easy as possible. 
We also launched a developer survey around that same time. Um, we worked with the Vercel folks just to ask Next.js developers what they want to see. Um, and one of the biggest feedback points we saw with regards to scripts were we would love to see Partytown integrated a lot easier, which was kind of like some super cool ammunition to prove that we, we can work on this. Um, so then that's when the RFC and GitHub actually mentioned Partytown as a potential solution. And then I worked on landing it as experimental feature. Nice. Oh, that is a really good time. <laughs> um, so just kind of taking a look, I, I brought it back up here. Um, when we look at how to introduce this into a Next.js page, um, it's still experimental. want to say that right off the top, beta, whatever you want to call it. Um, so you actually have to flip this flag on. So in your next.config.js, you actually have to turn this on. Past that, I mean, is, is there a lot different than you would normally do with Partytown um, from a, a script experience? Like no, it's, it's, usually gets involved and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's it's the thing is it's yeah it's pretty straightforward from this point on, right? Like if they have that flag enabled and they try to run a build or start a server, they'll see a message that says, "Hey, you have this flag enabled, but you need to install Partytown." Um, but outside of that, it's pretty straightforward, right? They just need to specify strategy as worker. And the thing is, the way the script component works now is developers can use this component anywhere in their application. So in the Next.js app, this could be in a component. This could be in a document file. Um, this could be in the head component, right? And the reason why we did this was before this, I think a lot of developers were kind of unsure where to play script tags. Yeah. <laughs> a web page, it may be pretty straightforward, um, but in a page with so many, like an application with so many components and files, it's a little trickier. So I it doesn't like, have to go in a route. That is correct. You can go anywhere. I feel like I often get a, like lint warning not to put the script tag into the head or, or something like that. I'm like, ah, oh, what's, what's going on? Yeah, so that's yeah. good to know. Yeah, I, I do like the capability where like you don't have to load this globally too, and I think sometimes that's where WordPress kind of gets in trouble because they load all this stuff on every single page. Whereas this, you can really pick like the component, the page you're working on in Next.js, and just load that one thing on it, which is awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. No, that, that totally makes sense. Looping it all in. I I did want to bring up to um just. For people who don't know, like this is this is the Aurora project and the Aurora team, um, and basically your your whole job is to make frameworks and the web better, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, and we, I can also give some background on here. There's a lot of teams in Google, right, that improve the browser, they improve core browser APIs, they work with you know different platforms on you know let's say WordPress or frameworks. Um, but previously, before Aurora actually kicked off, I was very closely tied with the developer relations team. And we would spend a lot of time telling developers what to do, right? Like, hey, you should be placing scripts in here and there. You should be optimizing your images. You should be lazy loading them and so forth. And we still do that. I think that's a very important thing. We have to continually tell developers the best way to build their sites. And tools like PageSpeed Insights and Lighthouse helps. Um, but when, when the Aurora team was kicking off, we were like... Since so many developers rely on frameworks, we're talking about essentially millions of web developers around the world, billions of page loads are on sites that use frameworks. What if these frameworks could actually be optimized to a point where developers don't have to do the work, right? In an yeah. ideal world, you wouldn't have to tell developers what to do if the tools that they're using already does automatically. So that was kind of like the gist that kind of kicked off. And then we had a lot of ideas kicking off early on. They were like, should we build our own framework? Should we open source a, a Google framework, right? And it was very just high level ideas to begin with. And then we, you know, stalled Next.js. We wanted to really tie in with the React community and it felt like a natural fit to start collaborating with the Next.js team. Very cool. 
so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you both a very loaded question, and we'll see. Uh, this this one's out of left field, but do you ever see Party Town being come like whatever branding you put on that, but becoming part of the browser in the future? Like we don't have to think about this anymore. What do you What do you think? Uh, you want me to go first, or Adam, you want to go? <laughs> you can go first. Sure, I can give my take. Um, I think the thing about tools like Party Town is, you know, definitely a lot of research and a lot of experimentation needs to be done to the point where we can confidently say for like a large percentage of third parties, it's actually a useful thing and it's not breaking the capabilities, right? And it's hard to say that because when a tool is experimental, there's always going to be, you know, some cases where a third party isn't loading when it should. Um, so one thing that I could see and very hope, I hope so, would be some learnings within PartyTalk would sort of fall back, right? Like if we're talking about the script tag as a browser API or a certain attribute to it, it would be super cool to see, oh, wow, the stuff that happened at PartyTown worked so well, we can bring that to the browser team and say, can we have some of these technologies baked into, you know, Atomics or the script tag or something like that? So I wouldn't say the whole library, um, but at least small pieces of it could be a very positive thing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that there's, because there's quite a bit of code inside of Python that needs to make up for stuff that would be nice to have. Um, the biggest one is, and, and then uh, what else can I say? Like the browser has, now has the capabilities of what we need. It, you know, it can do two things. It can do a web workers, it can do atomics. Um, it has a lot of the constructors that we need that are in the web worker and even things like fetch. And, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the APIs are over on the web worker. And so we can reuse a lot of that stuff. What it doesn't have is the DOM. But being that we have Atomics at the lowest level of the browser now, um, and really the um, a lot of the constructors could be there. So you think about like a DOM token list. Um, there's a handful of uh, node lists. You know, there's a there's a bunch of like kind of constructors that are like DOM centric, but you can't really construct them in the uh, uh, in the web worker. So I guess what I'm saying is like a lot of that stuff um, the core browser has. So if this could help Python help say like, actually, if we could, you know, have this constructor on the web worker, if we could, um, you know, have like a create a document inside of the web worker, that would make a big difference. Cause, cause even you can do right now, you can do document dot implementation, create HTML document, right? If we could do that very same thing in the web worker, you know, full well knowing that it's actually not going to be the real DOM. But if I could have all those constructors, there'd be a large amount of code that wouldn't be needed and would actually be much faster for Partytown to operate. So, yeah, I would hope that this can um, help spark some ideas in kind of the browser standard community um, of like actually just provide this and then we could make things make this library even simpler or faster. Um, and then other ideas can come from, you know, whatever the successor to Partytown would be. How do, how do we get on a committee and like start making this happen? I have no idea. I know it'd be a, a multi, you know, a, a multiple year uh, discussion. Oh yeah, and getting it in multiple browsers. Yes, so it's not happening tomorrow, but I would love to see it. Hopefully, this, this sparks some ideas. A clarification on the the browsers: Is this working across all browser, all major browsers, and mobile? At this point? yes, um, the and so basically, it's anything that supports service workers, and then. We know that you don't support service workers. So in that case, it basically undoes all the scripts. So if you're on IE 11, um, 
I11 code is going to run. It's like, oh, I'm, I don't know what a service worker is. So then in our code, we then like, okay, find all the text slash Pythons and turn them back into normal scripts. And so then they just basically run it how they should have run. Nice. Cool. So Safari, we're, we're okay on. They're not behind yeah. on this one. Nope. Safari's got everything that I really, it's just service workers that we needed. Perfect. Cool. Uh, what am what am I missing? I, I feel like we've run through my entire list of Party Town, how to implement it, how it got involved in Next.js, and how that experiment's going. Is is there anything else? I'm Brittany already has got something. Yeah, I just want to know what other frameworks it works oh, in and how we can question. like the SDK. <laughs> of yeah. course, like I'm gonna jump on this belt train, but yeah, I want to see how it works in other frameworks, not even just Next.js. Like, does it work in Remix and Solid and all these other yeah, absolutely. And so on the on the website, um, Alex, if you can bring it up, yeah, like we've got a, kind of a list of the integrations, um, but they're really just like helpful docs of like how to set them up in yours. Because again, at the lowest level, Python is really just a script tag. It's a script element with a type attribute. Any framework can make that. Any, you know, Drupal, WordPress, you name it can do that. And so these are just like, how to enable it in your framework. So if your framework of choice, uh, you know, Svelte isn't listed here, really just comes down to submitting a PR. I'm just like, this is how you would set it up in Svelte kit. This is where you put the file. This is the NPM install you need to do. So yeah, if you, if you were to click like, let's say remix, um, you know, it kind of just says like, this is, this is a common remix component or page. You know, this is how you would set it up. Yeah. Awesome. I think uh, I, I think that means Alex. you need to put a PR in, Brittany. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, uh, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I'm gonna pick your brain at how I, to. I get put this a PR tour in for our docs, so I can help you out. Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> and this uh, the website itself is Astro. Yeah. So the Astro, <laughs> Astro team has been has been awesome to work with too. They've been they they actually provided a plugin with their set, setup. Astro is super intriguing to me just because it offers you the flexibility of doing all the different frameworks. I like it. Yeah, it's really innovative stuff. It's cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm surprised you didn't use Quick. <laughs> well, we're, we're still building it. <laughs> That's it. So, <laughs> so the Quick site, uh, the Quick Doc site, that is using Quick. Um, and really what we're doing right now is working on the REPL and the Playground. And so like we're ironing out a lot of the bugs. And then like, you know, the, uh, the builder IO homepage is using quick. And so, um, yeah, I, for the party town site, I wanted to use one that was done <laughs> and working. Yeah. And then the quick site is pretty much the, uh, experimental, um, site that, um, that we're working on. You, you kind of brought up a good point there. Um, builder IO is using party town and quick on its, its main, uh, front page. Is there any other major people that you know of using party town live? Um, yeah, I know Adams.com, ATOMS.com is using it. Um, and there's been a handful. Uh, was it the Next Web, I think, is using it? Um, I should probably put together a list. I know there's some some fairly large websites that are using it. Um, and it, with the you know caveat that it is experimental and really do baby steps if you're going to use it. I don't just like enable it in, in on a Friday afternoon and then have marketing call you on Monday that where it happened all our analytics because it is doing a lot of backflips to make this this stuff work. So um, I would no deploys say, on Fridays. Yeah, <laughs> always deploy on Fridays. I would definitely say baby steps if you're going to start testing it out. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. 
All right. Well, we are going to jump into our perfect picks now. Uh, I know you guys didn't have any listed, but if you think of any like composite decking, uh, feel free to. Uh, I have those. two extra ones that I'm going to give to them for oh my, my. Yeah, I put two. <laughs> sorry. Throwing that in. I, I'm going to start with your first ones and we'll see how far we get here. Yeah. Uh, there we go. So Synergy is my first pick, and it allows you to go from a server computer to a client computer. And I have my Windows PC hooked up as the server, and then I can have my MacBook on, my other monitor, and the MacBook itself. And my mouse will just go continuously. Once it gets to the edge of the Windows, it flips and goes straight to the Mac. And it is incredibly, like, there's no latency. It's so nice and smooth. Much better than using, like, a KVM switch or something to have to do that. This is this is cool. I'm literally working. I next to me, I have a Mac that's dual booted with Windows because I'm doing testing on Windows, and it's oh, so annoying to go back and forth. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, your next pick. Oh, my next pick is um, building with Next.js. Since we were talking a little bit about Next.js today, these are two of my favorite people to listen to: Cassidy Williams and Salma Alum Naylor. I really hope I got that right. But um, they did a talk. This is maybe a little outdated now. It was last year, but they're just amazing to listen to. So, um, I guess I'm going to have to open your next two. I, I think we might have yes. someone on one of these. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. I don't know if I can open your next one, but talk about this one. <laughs> okay, so this one is DevTools FM podcast with Steve Sewell from Builder.io. And they talk about, they get into party town quick, mitosis, they get into all the things. So it was a really good listen. And they bring up some interesting questions for Steve. I know you have another one, but it keeps wanting to open um, podcasts on my Mac. So, Oh, okay. Adam, modern web podcast. It's Adam, who we have here with us today, talking about party town on modern web podcast. And maybe I can get the link and put it in the chat for everyone. Maybe, maybe this will work. Yeah, that's it. it cool. It, yep. I didn't open that one. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, we have a question too, just so you know. Oh yeah, let's let's definitely get that. Let me let me do these next two, and we can uh, pop that up. Uh, let's see here. What were my two? I've already forgot. Live share. Okay, so we did some live coding last night with showing off Next.js, uh, Supabase, and then we brought that into use Builder IO and. I blew John's mind, so it's it's kind of fun. I'm going to make an exploding head for John from Supabase. Um, once we started using components in Builder.io from Supabase, it all kind of merged together in one glorious moment. And he went, ah! <laughs> it, was, it was super fun to be able to collaborate back and forth. And he's trying to tell me, well, look here. He could highlight with this cursor on his end. Who is He's in Australia, folks, so... There wasn't there wasn't any lag, which was nice um, going back and forth. So super cool. That's too. crazy how that works. Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, the second one, it's a very unknown one. I might get yelled at. I don't know, Adam. You, you can tell me otherwise. But uh, Steve put this together for us, and it's this little perf tool. So it's at perf.builder.io. It's awesome to like check out if you think something might be faster in JavaScript than something else. You can add all of the cases in that you want to check. And then run the tests, and it gives gives you those uh, different cases back. So it was it was a GitHub that was thrown out there by Luke Jackson, and we kind of repurposed it to check different things that we like uh, performance wise. Like a JS perf, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, JS perf. I always have challenges with because it seems like it's down a lot. 
<laughs> yeah, it does seem off. Um, so yeah, you said we had one more question. Is that correct? Here we go. Oh, full story. Have we tried it with full story? I don't know. Party town and full story. We haven't tried it. Um, and so really that, that comes down to adding a integration test, like with full story. And there's more than likely there's something that it's using that might get tripped up. And so usually, um, submit an PR of saying like, um, really submit a PR of that test and with the failing test, we can then like try to debug, like, well, where did it get tripped up on? But really the idea is with Python is that we're not hard coding to one service, but rather we just want to make sure all the APIs work. So hopefully it just works. Um, but that's where it's like, uh, we don't know. We, we haven't tried every service. So try it out. Is there a place to file issues? Yep. So you want to shut off? Alex. Yeah, I was going to tell you two spots too. Um, on our Discord is probably the best place if you want like immediate reaction. But if you already know you have a problem, the the best spot is going to be on our GitHub issues page. So, so out here is going to be the best part. Um, we just had an internal discussion. I'll, I'll talk about for a minute and how to try to get people in here and and kind of going with our community and building that out. So take and run with this stuff for sure. Like we're not, we're not like the overseers or the gatekeepers of party town. It's an open source project. So definitely what you see in here, if you want to become more involved and be a moderator, like just let us know, like we're open to all that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I can't stress that enough. Like uh, we'd love to get more help with it, you know, more scenarios, basically um, we can show you, you know, happy jump on calls if someone wants to really contribute to help out there. Um, we have had a lot of talks with some of larger companies um, that are going to be helping out a little bit more too. So, um, so please ping us on on Discord and definitely you know help us out on GitHub. Yeah, so helps everybody out. We'll have some fun things coming soon. We'll let you know. All right, thanks guys. I really appreciate you joining us for Perfect Dev and talking all about Party Town. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Later. Take care. Yeah.